Christians are supposed to be Christ-like, just as the name implied from when it was originally used in the first century, right up to our own postmodern world today. It's as simple as WWJD, right? Wrong. Join our show host, teacher, servant leader, and fellow traveler as we journey together in learning how lives daily renewed by God's grace and power can embrace Christian living that counts and makes a difference in a broken world. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is titled Provision, How God Protects and Provides in Ways You Could Never Think Of. And joining me is the author who joins me from near Houston, Texas, Robert Pemberton. Welcome, sir, to the program. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. My pleasure. This book is a relatively short read, under 100 pages, but Bob, it deals with uh, personal events in your life and uh, also has a, shall I say, a spiritual factor to it. Explain to me a little of the title and uh, a little of what was going on when this book, uh, at least from the beginning of this book, what happened and, and how it uh, is is impacted in your life. Okay. So I chose the word provision because... Um We've gone through a five-year battle uh, with my wife being diagnosed with cancer and fighting that. And in the midst of that five years, I lost my job and was unemployed for three of those five years. Wow. And through it all, we never really lost. We didn't lose our cars. We didn't lose our house. We didn't have to go sell stuff off. And as I would tell people bits and pieces of what had happened to me, they consistently said, you really need to write this down. Hmm. And after hearing that enough, I decided I would go ahead and write it down. And I titled it provision because I thought it was the provision of God looking after us to uh, keep us on track through the whole ordeal. It's phenomenal. The The first chapter deals with uh, some other health crisis, the, I mean the health crisis, and also a relationship crisis also in your, your life. Is that also uh, meaningful or a, an important part of this story? Yeah, I think it is because we were, you know, after 34, 30-something years of marriage, we were kind of heading in opposite directions. And the first chapter kind of deals with how we hit our low point and how God restored the marriage. Mm. And it was based on that restored marriage that we then went into these back-to-back-to-back health crises and financial crises. And I'm convinced, had we not shored up the marriage first, we would have never survived it. So it was, again, provision. It, it, it was, he knew in advance that we were going to have to be one and we were going to have to be together to face what was coming up. Uh, did you always have a uh, what I would refer to as a faith foundation in your relationship and in your marriage and in your life, or is this something that uh, you came to later in uh, your your life? No, I was actually a latecomer. I was in my early 30s before I, quote-unquote, got serious about the Lord. Mm. And from that time on, I dedicated, you know, my family and my marriage the best I could. But, you know, we all we all make mistakes. And looking back, I see how I could have done things different. I could have done things better. But through it all, I knew that God was there and I knew that, you know, I was part of a bigger plan. 
And that kind of guided me in the roughest times. Uh, You have an engineering background, at least as uh, from study and from uh, vocation, uh, which calls Mm -hmm. for usually a very analytical approach to life. And yet faith did not uh, sit on the sidelines uh, in spite of what I would call a very structured uh, thinking process that most engineers have. So, yeah, so I, I sometimes struggle with that. I, I go through, I look for the data and I look for the analytics, but then I realize from the faith side, there are things we're just never going to understand. There are some things we're never going to see. And, uh, you know, if you get to the part of the book where I talk about after my wife died and that encounter that I had there uh, in the bedroom uh, with, you know, the Lord talking to me, and telling me, hey, you know, I did everything you asked me, but it wasn't from my perspective. It was from your perspective. So that kind of threw the engineering brain into a tizzy for a while till I could figure out, you know, what was I missing? What was I supposed to be doing? One thing that's unique about your book, I think, and, and also makes it uh, very embraceable, is the fact that you've chosen a conversational style. It's it's not complicated to read. When you began to write this, was that intentional? Uh, what was your purpose in writing the book? The purpose in writing the book was I wanted others to see what had happened. I wanted others to be inspired by it. And I thought the best way to do that would be just tell the story. So I, I tell it from a first-person perspective, you know, as things happened and related, you know, how they happened. I did throw, a, you know, a little bit of science in there because, you know, it's my engineering background. So when it came to medical terms or, or medical procedures, I tried to explain it in layman's terms what was going on so you could get a feel for what we were going through and the, to feel the mental picture as well as, you know, the physical picture what was going on. So I deliberately chose to do it in a conversational style, just like you were sitting across the table from me and said, well, you know, tell me when that happened. Hmm. I I tried to do it in that style. Beautifully done. You uh, have used that approach, obviously. Did you think that people of faith are going to find this as the uh, most interesting and uh, most obvious reader of your content, or do you think it'll appeal to a broader audience also? I think it can appeal to a broader audience. I mean, nowadays people get so sensitive about certain things. And when people ask me about the book or I tell them about it, I make no beans about it. I tell them right up front, you you know, you're going to hear about God. You're going to hear about Jesus. And you're probably going to see an occasional scripture in there. Mm -hmm. If this offends you, then, you know, maybe you shouldn't read it. But if you want to see a story of survival and a story of perseverance and a story of, you know, love, then this is a good read if you're not too triggered by those, you know, other references. Is there one particular incident in your life and in this book that may stand out to the reader? Uh, I think I I referenced it before, the part where uh, after my wife had gone to heaven, and I was really struggling with it because we had done everything the way the Bible said to do it, and, and we were like, you know, we were like the four crazy friends who dropped someone through the roof so that he could see Jesus. I mean, we, we spared Mm. nothing and she died anyway. Yes. And I really struggled with that. And, um, you know, to have, um, to have the Lord appear and allow me to see my wife, you know, as she was and to reassure me that everything was okay. 
and then turn around and correct me and said, hey, you know, I tried to tell you this and you just didn't get it. <laughs> you know, that was that was a very, you know, how many people would kill to have that happen? And it happened to me and I don't know why it happened to me and I feel blessed that it happened to me. Incredible. Now, were strangers, did strangers have any, uh, any uh, part of this story as well in maybe uh, helping you through the rough times? Oh, yes, that's that's the key part is people I didn't even know came out of the woodwork. I mean, I got a call one morning from a lady without giving away the whole book. I basically decided we'd had enough and I had to sell the house. I I was out of money. I was out of everything. Hmm. So I posted on an app called Nextdoor and said, look, I, I can't even afford boxes. Does anybody have boxes I can pack my house up? And that turned into a call from a couple who ran a private charity, who stepped in and basically took care of my bills and my utilities and my house payment and bought me new appliances. And I had never talked to those people before. I had no idea who they were. Mm. They came out of nowhere. I had a neighbor show up and said, well, we're part of such and such an organization and we give to charity and we told them your story. And here, they want you to have $5,000. Wow. You know, things, things like that just, you know, that's where people were saying, you've got to write this down. You've got to let people know about this. This had to be God. That's an amazing story just in its own right. Now, the the, the book itself, again, is not a long read, so, uh, around 100 pages. Uh, it must mm-hmm. have been difficult, at least if I were writing a book like this, uh, difficult to maybe rethink or recount some of the the parts of the journey, uh, maybe that were painful. What, were there things that you had difficulty writing or preparing for publication? And if so, how did you overcome them? Well, there were, there were a lot of tears. There were a lot of times I was writing and I just had to stop and walk away from it and, and come back. Um, you know, frustration over desperately wanting to work and nobody would even talk to you. You couldn't get a mm. resume through that. W- that still burns me a yeah. little bit when I think about it. Right. Uh, the parts of re, you know, going back and reliving some of the, the medical treatments and knowing what she went through were, were hard. And then of course the part of, you know, the, the day she died and, and, and reliving that, reliving that in detail, was uh, very difficult to do. But I thought it made, the, the book needed to tell the complete story and the complete story had to include some of those hard parts. So therefore I just, you know, plowed through it and said, it's, it's gonna happen and I'm gonna get this down on paper and hopefully it comes out right. And Bob, how long did it take to uh, to go through this journey of thinking about sharing the story and getting it completed? I had thought about it for quite some time, and I don't know, the the nth person told me, you really ought to write this down, and I just sat down and started writing, and then it was like I couldn't stop writing. So once I started writing it, it was only a matter of weeks, maybe two months to get everything in, and then I started the engineer process of you know editing and making sure stuff was in chronological order and all mm. those other things. and that I have to do. And um, so it really came about relatively quickly once I sat down to write it. I understand you have not always had a desire to be an author or writing was not one of your skill sets. Uh, Tell a little of that history. 
Yeah. So, you know, in high school, I kind of avoided uh, writing assignments like the plague. And then I went off to college and uh, Virginia Tech was one of the first engineering schools in the nation to require technical writing as part of your graduation. And I got into that class dreading it, but it was taught by a retired newspaper editor who taught us all the different styles of writing. He taught us how to write like a newspaper article, how to write a technical journal, how to write a novel, how to write a letter. And the more I learned, the more I became intrigued by it and developed this conversational style where I can take complex issues and explain them in ways that people understand. And that's what I used as the basis for the conversational style of my book. Fantastic. If you could uh, do a billboard to explain this book, what is your ultimate hope for the reader? To read this and understand never give up. Mm. No matter what you're going through, there's someone there who cares. That someone, obviously, is Jesus. But there are people around you who see what you're going through, and they may just step up at that right time and give you what you need for that day. Fabulous. The book is titled Provision, How God Protects and Provides in Ways You Could Never Think Of. My guest author, Robert Pemberton. Bob, many of us will want to get a hard copy of this book and uh, enjoy the journey and be inspired as you were in writing this. How do we do so? Uh, right now, it's can be found online at Author House. Uh, it's also available at Barnes & Noble online. And I've had several friends tell me they bought it through Amazon online. And it comes in both hard copy or if you're more of a, um, a, a Kindle-type person or an audiobook-type person, there's also an audiobook version on those three sites as well. Fabulous. And they can do a, a search under your name and find out about this book and perhaps others that will come in the future. I know you've penned other books uh, maybe that would not uh, fall in the same category. But this particular book is titled Provision, How God Protects and Provides in Ways You Could Never Think Of. And my guest author, Robert Pemberton. Thank you, sir, for joining me today and sharing your inspirational journey and for inspiring us to never give up. Thank you. My pleasure. For Author House, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Stay with us for more Christian Living That Counts, back in a moment. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at TogiNet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching, to military resources, to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com. That's S-C-O-T-T -T at 
T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O.com. Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is Searching for God. And joining me from the hills of the Black Hills of South Dakota is the author, Michael, who, who writes under the pen name of Dakota Stone. Dakota, welcome to the program. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Fascinating in reading a little of the background of your book and and uh, and some of the material related to it. It's almost 350 pages, and it is the first work. Explain to me a little of uh, how this book got written, a little of the background, your background, and uh, how becoming an author uh, was a quest of yours. Well, you know, I've been a Christian now for, you know, all my life. I grew up a Catholic and you know, and eventually I finally met Christ on July 17th, 19th, church in Elyria, Ohio. And, you know, my life changed so drastic then that I didn't quite understand how this happened. But, you know, I began to read the Bible more and more and read about Paul and his conversion. And, and you know, it, it just it fascinated me because I've always been searching for God. I think all of us are searching for something. Right. Well... Mine started after a lot of bad things happened to me, obviously, um, you know, and good things happened to me. And I don't know, one day after I got out of prison from um, in Ohio, I was struggling with what to do with my life. And I don't know, I just sat down one day and started writing this book with the idea of searching for God. And I didn't have an outline. I, I didn't have, a you know, an ending or I didn't have anything in mind, just started writing. So eight months later, it was done. And now what? Well, I also tried to get it published. So I did. And, you know, I've never pushed the book, really. I put it on Facebook. It's on Facebook, you know, and it, it was kind of, as it worked out, it was the start of my ministry. Um, you know, uh, searching for God is a, a huge topic. I think we all are searching for something. So right. searching for God is a you know, it, it's um, it, it just intrigued me to, to to write about it, and of course, a lot of my life experiences are in the book. You know, and things that have happened to me. And the book, and I was in hopes that that I could, um, I don't know. And the story, I wanted the, to make a difference. You the, know, I was hoping that it, you know somebody else might pick it up and read it and say, "Well, I recognize these things in my life." So. And would you, I don't know. Would you call it? A, would you call it a teaching book, or would you call it actually a novel, uh, uh, full, filled, uh, or, or taken from a uh, from a fictional uh, perspective, and yet weaving in some truths? How would you describe the the contents? Well, it's it's all fictional as far as the characters, but as for the truth of it, I think I was a teaching tool. It it it. it filled with scripture it's backed on scripture i i'm you know it, it as i said it it, it eventually I've, I've always looked at at as there's two roads we travel on we're either in the good road or running the evil road there's good and there's evil well this is about how that develops in you know many christians lives i hope i know it did in mine i mean it inspired me to write it so um, it's a, the classic tale um, of good versus evil the classic, classic uh, title or classic uh, 
content of good versus evil. Your main character is uh, is a young child, I think, is it not? Or, or am I misreading the uh, or misunderstanding no, the book? It starts out as a young child, and he had a um, you know he had a goal in his in his young to be a football player and to be the best, you know, in a small town. And and him and his best friend, they they both had that same goal. And you know, the first it's written in three parts. The first part is the the boy. The second part is the, you know, his, his, eventually his trail of going to the be fame and fortune. So, he, you know, he kind of walked away from God because God had been dealing with him all those years, but he kind of like ran away from it. Where his buddy Caleb stuck with it. So, it, the story goes then into they meet again and they they become warriors for God and and the story goes into you know a lot of revelations and. A lot of the two witnesses and and you know what could take place with the coming of Christ and and so you know the story developed that but what amazed me later on was the thirty popped into the political view here a few years back that the United Nations has this agenda for twenty thirty to be the everything they want mm. and so it's kind of like whoa. You know, and is what's going on in the world. We're all walking around wearing masks, or we're waiting for this saving vaccine. When, when maybe all the saving is coming from Christ. You know, so I don't know. The book just kind of developed um, in those years. And I wrote the book. It was from the years two twelve to twenty thirty. When the when was the year 2030. So I don't know, was it a prophetic book? Well, I don't know. It could be. Could be, yes. And the book itself, uh, because it is uh, past, present, and future, it is actually, as uh, as we've mentioned, a fictional work. But it is based on uh, your personal convictions and some of your life story. So there are some scenes in here. Would you call this book a, an adventure book? Uh, would you call it a, a teaching, uh, instructional book? Uh, how would you What's the best way to describe this? Is this something that only a person of faith would enjoy reading? Well, I don't think so, because, you know, obviously I'm biased, but but as far as a, a, a pure teaching tool, yeah, it, it, it has biblical sound doctrine in it that that I've used to present this story. But, you know, it's an adventure. I mean, we all, all of our lives are an adventure. You know, some of us live more unique lives than others. Some of us get put in positions of fame real quick. Other of us just, you know, are normal people, you know, living in this world that makes no sense sometimes. So I, I was hoping that uh, it would become an adventure for other people if they did read it to see that, you know, they, they can relate to it. I mean, I tried to make it real. I didn't, even though it's fiction, I... I you know, some sound truth and some sound doctrine that, you know, we as Christians have been looking at for, you know, 2,500 years, you know, how to live right. our lives according to Christ, you know? Hmm. Well, this was my take on showing, well, this is what happened to me, you know, so. Did you enjoy um, the process sufficiently yeah, that there may be a sequel? And I, I hope that it could. Will there be a sequel to this, uh, this particular adventure? Or did you enjoy the process that much? Well, you know, I started the second one. It, it, it was, it was like, okay, here's what the, it's searching. We all got to search for something. So you got to begin searching. Well, if you search for something, you hope it find it. So, so the next one would be finding God. Well, okay, you found God. Well, where did you find him? Hmm. Well, then you best 
the last one would be what? Maybe you should get to know him. Maybe there's something there that that can help us, you know, knowing Christ, you know, the depths of Christ, you know. I mean, what is that? You know, it's a it's a spiritual thing. It's a physical thing. You know, can we can we actually put our hands on it and touch it? So in this book, I tried to show that, yes, you can. You can actually touch Christ. You can actually walk with him. You can actually talk to him, you know, and, and you know, so this gets into the spiritual end of it where, you know, a lot of people might be, oh, you can't do that. You didn't see that. Well, okay. Well, then don't believe it, but, you know, at least search for it. You know, I mean, maybe you will find something that, you know, is worthwhile. And maybe if you get to know it, we can all use that to, you know, get through this well mess we're in today, for instance. I yes. don't know. So, yeah, I, it's an adventure. It's a teaching tool. It's my walk with Christ. It's to hope somebody else would say, well, maybe I want to walk, but I want to find that depth of Christ. You know, is it possible? Well, I'm a testimony that is possible, mm. you know, and that's what the book is about, finding Christ and, and, and allowing yourself to go through whatever he takes you. Because Joshua had a hard time. He didn't want to accept Christ. I didn't either. I didn't want to accept this thing I couldn't see. But all around me, things were happening that pointed that this is real. So one day I did, like I said, I just I, I sat down in a trailer next to my two houses and started writing. And along the way, I found out that I needed to, I met a lady that was an editor in New York, and she gave me some advice. I sent her a couple chapters and uh, she wrote back and told me, yeah, this is a pretty good story, but I think you need to change the, you know, the person, write it in the third person. So mm -hmm. I had to take all the me's and the I's out, you know, and it helped, though, because it helped develop more characters, you know, in the book, you know, to come alive. So was that was the most advice. Was that the most challenging part of, of writing this? You mentioned you didn't have an outline. So uh, was there other challenges besides uh, maybe going back and trying to figure out what you said in chapter or the first part of the book to to, to match the last part of the book? Well, well, yeah, I guess, you know, you're, yeah, you know, there, there was no specific outline. You know, I didn't have A, B, C, one, two, three, four. This is what you're going to write. This is what you're going to look at. It, it more or less was spontaneous. You know, I, I wrote as it was given to me as I sat in this trailer. And my wife used to wonder, what are you doing over there? I said, I'm writing a book. She said, yeah, right. But, but you know, I don't know. It was just, I, I, I felt, you know, I, I had a spiritual sense that I was, you know, called to write this book just maybe just for me. It didn't matter. I didn't, I didn't write it to sell it. I didn't write it to make a million dollars or anything. You know, it's like it was something I always wanted to do was write a book. So the opportunity came, so I wrote it. And what do you hope the the reader will Lord, will get from reading this uh, this story? Well, I, like I said, I hope they would, you know, begin to look at a deeper relationship with Christ. Because in the the bottom line is, you know, you, it's your choice, you know, to go that depth with Christ or or to stay on the outside. You know, it's up to you. It's your choice and. I was hoping that if somebody would read it and, you know, maybe was a lost person, didn't have Christ in their heart, it would, you know, give them an opportunity. Well, where do you find this Christ? Well, you got to start reading the Bible, for one thing. Maybe you need to go to church, you know, but, but you know, I don't know. I um, as, as time progressed, 
where I'm at today in my life, I, I've been using this two-road approach to, to my sermons. I do sermons on Facebook. I'm a Facebook preacher. I'm, I don't huh. have a degree in preaching, but I've reached out on Facebook and done many videos, and, and it's all based on this two roads headed toward the tree of life, you know? I mean, what's, what's, what's wrong with being a better person? I don't know. What's wrong with seeking after something that might change your life to the... It did mine, trust me. Uh, after July 17th, my life was drastically changed. I didn't... I just was different. I was completely different. So Phenomenal. I, I was hoping that maybe somebody else would um, check it out. Searching for God, it's... Um, your wife was part of the design process? Well, she, she drew, in the middle of the page, There's a, it's a tree, and it's got a dove on it and a rose on it. Um, she hand-drew that, and it came out of a, a, a wine cup, and it represents the tree of life. And uh, it shows a, a man standing there looking at these two roads. Well, which one are you going to take, you know? You know, Joshua looked up. There before him stood in its entire splendor the magnificent tree of life. The very image, because later on he sees the same thing in a place where he was taken, where he ended up, you know, when all this bad stuff started happening in the story, you know, where Christianity was being sought to be destroyed, and and all of a sudden he found himself in this place where people were safe, you know, and, and the Bible speaks of that, being hid in Christ, so I don't know, it's... <laughs> I'm just, uh, Author House gave me this opportunity to do an interview, so I'm, um, you know, following it through, and I hope it, if it helps, I've already promised people where the, if, you know, if, if this book becomes a huge bestseller, which, hey, could happen, uh-huh. I'm not expecting it to happen, right. but if it does, all the money is going to go to feed orphans and widows in Africa with the people that I've been preaching to now for over a year that I've met in Uganda, Kenya, Guyana, Nigeria. Well, fascinating. You know, that's where my heart is, orphans. Beautiful. You've done a wonderful job, considering this is a first effort of uh, 350 pages, and it certainly uh, uh, reveals the passion behind your faith and a little of your background and and how it can impact a person's life. And I'm sure that uh, others will want to get a copy of this or at least... Uh, maybe look into the the reasons behind your writing this book, the title of which is Searching for God, and the author, Michael, who writes under the pen name of Dakota Stone. Michael, where can we get a copy of your book? Well, Author House has the, has the main supply, but that's where, that's where it's, um, you know, who got me, who published it, Author House um, Publishing Company. And also, you know, I think it's on Amazon. Amazon, right? Hey, I, 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 th- I don't know if it's a Kindle book. I know it's on Amazon. I've seen it on Amazon. In fact, somebody gave me a far, a five star rating on it. I don't know, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, but Arthur House is the first place to to check to get this book because you know you just can't go to the bookstore and buy it. You got to, you know, it's it's not on the shelves per se. Right. But Arthur House publishing company has the publishing rights to it. 
They can do a search under under the author name Dakota Stone also, uh, which is your nom de plume yeah. or your yeah. writing name, and also the title, Searching for God. The local booksellers can order it in if they uh, go to them and request it. Yes, but, they, yeah. but doing a good, they can. Yes, they can. And is uh, you mentioned that you have a Facebook connection there for uh, folks to keep in contact with you. Is it under your under your uh, published author name, or is it under your, your actual name? Well, it's, 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 there's two accounts. There's one under Dakota Stone, and there's one under Michael Gravel. Fabulous. Michael, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story. And uh, as it uh, seems to be, you'll be talking with us again in the future, or someone in the future, to uh, share your story on the second book when it's released. Thanks again for being a part of today's program. Wow. Well, you bet. Thank you, Mr. J. Have a great day. Be blessed. My pleasure for Author House and Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. Join us again for Christian Living That Counts.